0: Yeah, g'day everyone, welcome along to the Jimmy Smith Afternoon Show this Wednesday Jules in for James all this week Great to have you along on SEN 1170am in Sydney S E N Q, 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast Anywhere in the world, tuning in via the SEN app It is the day after Cup Day, how'd you go? How'd you go? I said without a fight would win I've got the first two as a matter of fact well, there you go. Well done to me. Oh, I should also say well done to Jace from North Parramatta, who was the winner of the Arvo Show Cup sweep yesterday without a fight. Congratulations to you, Jason. And what an impressive ride, too, by Mark Zara. His second consecutive Melbourne Cup. The first jockey to go back-to-back since Glenn Boss aboard McIvey-Deva. In 030405. So that Caulfield Cup pace proved to be very, very good form. We are here thanks to our great friends, sbsfence.com.au, portable toilet and temporary fence hire, Sydney, sbsfence.com.au. Want to hear from you on the program today. That open line number, 1300 70, free call, and the text line 0457 736 736. Another $100 cash to give away on the program today. Thank you to Tristan Merlahan and Top Sport. And we'll catch up with Tristan just after two o'clock. This afternoon, 1 o'clock in Queensland, and the Who Am I is back. So you get to hear the dulcet tones of Coach K as well. The winner of the Who Am I today will win themselves a Signet Boost Power Bank, valued at forty-four ninety-five. dollars Boost Power Bank, keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. And off the success of last week's NBA 2 quiz, we're going to do it again. So three basketball-related questions, and the winner of the NBA 2 quiz will win an NBA 2K PS5 game. NBA 2K out now. See you on the court. On the show today, I'll catch up with our great mate Michelle Bishop shortly. Not a lot happening in the world of rugby league. Some signings announced officially by the Bulldogs. I'll run through those for you shortly. So, Bish will be along to talk anything and everything in the world of sport. And Glenn Hawke, you're going to hear a bit of Hawky on this program throughout the course of the summer. He'll be my guest live in studio in the second hour of the program. Now, look, we will touch on the cup very shortly, but we have to start with the big show. Now I'm not going to wax lyrical to the extent that our Victorian brothers and sisters do on 1116, because, quite frankly, as I said to Matty White, just any mention of the Big Show Maxwell, and there's the hair on the back of the neck stands up. They go weak at the knees. He's God's gift to Victorians. He's a good man. But honestly, I mean that that innings. What superlatives do you have? As I said, I was putting my do- my daughter to bed. Afghanistan, five for 291. Wonderful 100 by Zadran. Played beautifully. I thought to myself, okay, that, that's a tough chase. Then I pass out, as you inevitably do when you put your kids to sleep. Woke up, checked the score. Australia, five for 69. Marnus gets himself run out. And I thought, no, nah, we're gone here. Five, it was, We can't chase down 291 when we're five down. And I jokingly messaged a mate and I said, look, yeah, no, we're finished. Let's go to bed. Unless, of course, Maxie does Maxie things and goes ballistic. And sure enough, what happens? Maxie goes ballistic. I'm a victim of this Optus wipeout at the moment. So I got up and I thought, gee, normally you wake up in the morning, got all these notifications, news and notifications or whatnot on your phone. None. And I tried to open an app, nope, no work. And I thought, OK, this isn't right. So I connected to the home Wi Fi. All of a sudden, bing, 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 they all start coming through. And I see written in capitals, Maxwell, you've got to be kidding me. So I went and had a look. 201 knot off 128 balls. Australia was 7 for 91. He got dropped twice, survived an LBW shout. And then there's only one way to do it. A 6 to bring up the double ton, a 6 to win the match. It was a knock for the ages. Maxwell at 195. Australia just need five, five runs. And you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. He's 195, Maxwell. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here is on their feet. And Maxwell hits it! What a one. He's a good man, Smithy. He knows how to bring a game to life, doesn't he? You think back to the 2019 World Cup final, but what a win. What a win. And the thing about it is people at the time say, oh, this is the greatest one-day knock of all time. We're sort of prone, aren't we, to making bold and sometimes over-the-top or hysterical comments or observations in the aftermath of something. So sometimes you need to sit on it for 24, 48 hours, calm down and then make a more objective assessment. Have you had a chance to do that? I know it hasn't quite been 24 hours. Where does it rank for you? Where does it rank in terms of all-time one-day knocks? Is it the best? Certainly top three. And think about this. Factor this into the equation, Maxwell. The man was debilitated. It was cramping. It was in pain. You know, there were real shades of Dean Jones' madras. Tied test at double tonne in 86. And some of the shots reminded me of French cricket. He couldn't move. Remember playing French cricket in the backyard? The rule was basically someone would ping a ball at you and if you missed it, you weren't allowed to move your legs. So the ball went behind you. You had to sort of contort your body and rely on your hands. That was Glenn Maxwell for a big chunk of last night. How he mustered that is astonishing. And Adam Zamp was sort of ready to come on in case Maxie couldn't bat on. Just the third double century in World Cup history, the first ever in a rum chase. And he helped Australia to their sixth consecutive win and in the process securing a semi-final berth. 10 sixes, 21 fours. In fact, if you go to the Fox Sports website, they've cut up all 31 boundaries. So there's a nice bit of entertainment for you. Shared a partnership of 202 with a captain, Pat Cummins, who made just 12 not out from 68 balls. And they did it with 19 balls to spare. Quite, quite funnily, did you see Pat Cummins' tweet In relation to the partnership, he said a lot of credit should go to Maxie. He played his role beautifully. Very, very good, Pat. Very good. As if being handsome, good at cricket wasn't good enough and smart. Uh, He's good at crafting a joke too, Australian captain. But he himself called it the greatest ever one-day innings. Is he right? A lot of former players had chimed in and said something along those lines. This is what Glenn Maxwell had to say post-game.
1: How are you doing? Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I feel <laughs> shocking. Yeah, it was obviously quite hot when we were fielding today, and I haven't really done a whole lot of high intensity exercise, I suppose, in the, in the heat, and it certainly got a hold of me today, and yeah, just luckily enough, we came out with a plan to sort of stay at the same end for a little bit until I could sort of get some movement back, and luckily enough, I was able to stick it out to the end. I suppose for me, it was still trying to be positive, still trying to take them on and, and trying to produce bad balls, or something else I could score off, and I felt like if i just defended my way through that, they would have been able to sort of put a bit of pressure, and um, even with the LBW, that was just going over the top, I, that was probably the kickstart I needed to sort of tell myself, I need to start playing some shots and uh, be a bit more proactive. I led a charmed life out there. I was very lucky and um, I suppose just made the most of that. I feel like I've had those types of innings before um, where I've given a chance and um, I haven't made the most of it. So to make the most of it and go on with it tonight is probably the most pleasing thing, but, yeah, to see it out, be not out with Paddy at the end is, is something I'm really proud of.
0: And weren't they going nuts in the dressing room too? Because they'd witnessed history. They'll probably never see one like that again in their lifetime. Everything went right. Didn't it? Everything went right. And I shouldn't say it, maybe he needs to fall off the back of golf carts more often. Survived the LBW shout, as he said, and he thought from that point have to start playing some shots. Dropped twice, the second on thirty-three was an absolute dolly. But that's cricket, isn't it? You have to take your opportunities that he did. And I want to hear your thoughts on that. The Maxwell knock today. If you didn't watch it live, have you seen the highlights? Where does it rank for you in terms of all time great one day knocks? We might even spread the net further and wider. Great cricket knocks. Could be one day, T20, test match cricket. The standout knocks with the willow in the sport of cricket. Have a think about that on the program today. And here's a bit more perspective for you. Thanks to statsman Andy Zoltman, not only was he's 201 unbeaten at number six, the first double hundred in the chase, no one batting five or lower has ever scored 150 plus in a successful ODI chase. And no one at number six or low, 130-plus. He came in at six, 201. He's a freak. He's a freak. You know, it's, it's a shame, isn't it, that he hasn't played more test cricket? I know there's a time, well, how, did you, how would you squeeze him into the side? I mean, he scored that 100 and, where was it, Ranchie, I think it was, Glenn Maxwell. He's capable. Remember Trent Copeland, our friend, said, Max, he's got a really good forward defence. I mean, shot selection might be a concern for him, but he's got the game. Saywag, I think, you know, three, only 360 players can play innings like that. He's not a big dude. He, you know, he's not like a Matt Hayden built like an outhouse sort of player. But his remarkably quick hands and those powerfully strong wrists just helps it on his way. No one bats like him. He is captivating. So maybe we talk about great cricket innings on the program today off the back of Glenn Maxwell. Could be a test knock, doesn't matter what it is. But sometimes you're just lucky to bear witness to... Historical knocks, and that was certainly one of them. 457 736 736. and a hundred bucks cash to give away to the best caller on the program today. one 11 70 Now Matt White touched upon this. I'll talk to Michelle Bishop about it as well. I saw this in the nine papers this morning. The potential addition of an Australian Open lead up event in Saudi Arabia threatens to disrupt the traditional summer of tennis and stir an ethical debate within the sport. And let me tell you, this is not going to stop. It will not stop. So high-level conversations are underway between ATP tour officials and Saudi Arabia about a new Masters event that would cut into Australian tennis fans' brief window to watch the sport's best up close. This is according to a UK report in The Times. So the oil-rich Saudi's public investment fund, the PIF, already won the ATP's next-gen finals for the next five years, and that starts next month. And that comes on top of splashing cash to break into other major sports, of course, football slash soccer, with a recruitment of your Neymars and your Ronaldo's, and, of course, live golf. Now, tennis legends, Martina Navratilova, John McEnroe, both aired their disapproval this year about the sports entry into Saudi Arabia. Martina, side of the country's human rights issues. But speaking purely about the impact on Australia's summer of tennis, on Classic Tournament director Peter Johnston said the Saudi interest was nothing to be afraid of and he reiterated well look only four countries have a grand slam it's kind of unusual for a country of our size to have so many events if you try too hard to have events in every city you're going against the grain of the tour when there is so much demand globally it's hard to make all those events financially stable so he said look you're better off embracing the broader world passing the risk offshore capitalizing what you've got and use that as a lead in promotion which used to be in Doha still get the best players for the Australian Open. Oh, I get that. And the Saudi development follows Tennis Australia chief executive and Australian Open boss Craig Tiley welcoming in June the Middle East nation's interest in the sport and opportunity for more players to make a living. So full steam ahead in their sports-washing mission, Saudi Arabia. Pretty simple. That's their MO. Let's just bankroll big-name sporting events and distract from a poor human rights record. You know, people can talk a big game until there's a bucket of cash at their feet. And nobody's immune to it. I wouldn't be. It's amazing how quickly people's morals and ethics go down the tube. Money talks. That's the cold, hard reality. And the thing about about this is I'm talking about athletes who already have more cash than they know what to do with. That's where it gets murky. At least Messi said no thanks to, what, half a billion dollars? offered to him or thereabouts. But now uh, it's all okay in Saudi Arabia. Women get to drive now. Never mind dissidents getting rounded up and jailed or dismembered and killed. And regular listeners to, to me on this network know that I'm, I'm passionate about this issue. Plenty of you disagree with me. Maybe call me a hypocrite. That's fine. I'll say it again. And, uh, and this is my point. This is my key point. I am not against engagement with Saudi Arabia or China for that matter. I'm not saying, no, no, never talk to them. I'm not against full-blown boycotts. Engagement is fine. Playing tournaments there is fine. So long as you can still keep calling out their atrocious human rights record. Be able to speak up on the issue. But the problem is the players won't. The players won't. And this will not stop. Because, you know, the Saudis will get their tentacles into everything if they look to wean themselves off the oil dependence. 0457... 736-736. Hey, just on the rugby league front, incoming Roosters signing Spencer Lenu is hoping that a change of environment in 2024 will help him shake off his tag as an interchange specialist and push for a starting role in the front row. This is on NRL.com. His three-time premiership winner has forged a reputation as one of the game's best bench weapons over the past three seasons, has come off the interchange bench in all but three of his 83 NRL games today. I didn't know that. So he's only started in three out of 83 games, Spencer Linney. He's 23 years young, so he's got his best years ahead of him. He's moved to the tricolours 2024. And he wants to establish himself as a starter in a proper rotation with Lindsay Collins and Jared Rhea Hargraves. And he said, look, my aspiration is to lead the pack. Starting role would be my dream. But what's telling here, he says, that was a big reason why I left Penrith. He goes, yeah, look, it's great being part of a successful club and that sort of thing, but wanted to get out of my comfort zone, find a new challenge. I've learned off the best front rows in the competition. gives me a lot of confidence. Average is 93 metres per game, or did in 2023, despite playing only 31 minutes on average. So it's a pretty good conversion rate. And, yeah, obviously stuck behind James Fisher, Harrison, Moses, Leota. but my aspiration is to lead the pack, said Spencer. It was a big reason I left Penrith, which is really interesting and good on him too. Can't begrudge a man for wanting to take on a bigger role. Explore new challenges. Stuck behind two of the best at the moment. Fair enough. I wonder, I just wonder if Jerome Lewi has similar aspirations. To be the main man in the halves, to lead the pack around or lead the team around and step out of Nathan's shadows. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Wash this space. He's a great buy for the Chooks, though, especially with Jared in the twilight of his career. Well done, as we said at the top of the program. To without a fight 2023 melbourne cup run in one mark zara steering without a fight to a famous victory and credited the team for the win you know it's interesting i as i said i picked the top two uh, shiraz would have mucked up a few people's triffies 84 and it was a pretty hot day in melbourne yesterday 84 and does it sound like unders to you they always talk about a hundred thousand there at the track but 30 degrees the old bag of fruit It's good for a couple of races. By race 10, I think you're a bit over it, aren't you? Suffice to say, Melbourne Cup-winning jockey Mark Zara celebrated heartily. Uh, This is Mark Zara on the Today Show this morning. Uh, It hasn't sunk in quite yet, but um, I was pretty happy to win one last year. To go back-to-back... I'm sure in the next couple of days uh, it's going to sink in. It's going to feel. going to feel all right. Well, you just got to get back on the horse, <laughs> uh, as they say. Have you got any little hot ones for us over the next couple of days? Because most of us did our dough. Um, I couldn't. I can't even remember what I'm riding today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pretty tense. <a> <laughs> You can be forgiven for that, I reckon. <laughs> Good on you, champion. Thank you. You uh, right. do well uh, to follow. Wor- the, the, yeah. wor- the worst part for Melbourne Cup jockeys is having to ride the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. So he's got to get back in the saddle Thursday because I can't even remember what I'm riding tomorrow. He can be forgiven. Good on him. Uh, funny stuff, Mark Zara. 0457 736 736. Look, it's Wednesday. And I spitballed this with Coach K before we came on air. It has been a while since I've done this because I haven't done a Wednesday for a while. Well, of course, with the footy season, we're not even on air on Wednesdays, are we, K? Because of the captain's run with Smithy and Denon. So this is what we're reviving on the show this afternoon. Let's bring back what's in a name Wednesday. Thumbs up, Coach K? Thumbs up. Even if it's thumbs down, I'll proceed anyway. And I think that name should be Mark. Now, I was going to do Glenn. There aren't as many Glens to choose from. So, with your help, I... We'll compile our top 10 sporting marks over the next three hours. So give me a nomination. The top 10 sporting marks. Got to put our top 10 together in no particular order and read them out in the final hour of the program. On the cricket front, Mark War, Mark Taylor, just to name a couple. What about Smashing, Mark Nicholas, rugby league players, Mark Riddell, Mark Gray, Mark Murray. Sparkles Mark McGall there's a few to get the ball rolling Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. so a couple of things I want your opinion on today help me put together a list of the top 10 sporting marks inspired by Mark Zara's cup win on without a fight yesterday and Glenn Maxwell how important or how good was that innings was it the best one day innings you've ever seen and more broadly speaking talk about the best cricket knocks you've seen in any level of the game one 300 $100 cash to give away to the best caller on the program today. The text line number 0457 Wednesday on the Jimmy Smith Afternoon Show with Julian King. We'll take our first break. On the other side of this, we'll catch up with Michelle Bishop from the Seven Network.